the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Can I say happy holidays? Tired of uh, the holidays yet? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the most... I, I, I talk about wealth. I try to get you to... I, I, I want to create wealth. Um, that's a big thought of mine. I think CFP Chad Burton does a great job of managing wealth. So I look at my job as getting people motivated from age 20 to 60. Um, most Americans don't have a ton of cash floating around. I think that's a pretty big theme. I get a little overwhelmed. and I don't know if this is psychological. And one of the reasons I do this show is because it's cathartic. Um, that's easy for me to say, right? Um, when I go to like a Raiders game or a Barracuda game or a concert, I look around and I see people. I'm like, what the, how how are all these people throwing this kind of money around? Um, and it depresses me because I've got money and I don't throw it around, but see, I have a psycho. I, I have that. I lived through the 1920s, 1930s stock market crash syndrome, even though I didn't live through the 1920s, 1930s stock market crash syndrome. Um, I've got a family member who, uh, he did, he's dead now, but, you know, he came west at a time and he bought a, a farm and he grew avocados and on that farm was oil and he put an oil well on it and worked his whole life. And uh, every year for Christmas, he'd get pajamas for his wife and she would look at him like the luckiest woman on the planet. She got a new pair of pajamas. So ultimately leaves about eight million, nine million dollars to three relatives, a farm that decision got made to sell it for condos. So his whole life's work, 50, 60 years gone, just like that. The oil well, when oil was at 150, could have been sold for a mint. Oh, they decided to sell it when oil's at 30. 
So, I believe that I'm a wealth creator. And I don't want to lose wealth. And it's psychologically, it's, it's a pretty big thing. So most Americans don't have a lot of money sitting around. And I think, you know, one of the things you could do is slowly invest in 401ks. That's great. Slowly invest in Roth IRAs. Slowly invest in an emergency savings. You should have two to six months sitting on the side. Buying a home means taking out a mortgage for most people. But listen to this. New data shows that 28.8% of homes purchased last year, or this year, rather, were made without any debt being incurred. 28.8%. Buying a home with cash is the most common for the least and the most expensive homes rather than those in the middle. So buying a home with cash is most common for the least and most expensive homes. The way Americans are buying homes is changing. Low-cost homes, those under 100000 are bought with cash 63% of the time. On the other side, 49% of homes priced $2 million or more are bought with cash, which can result in a luxurious lifestyle. So the people in the middle can't buy a home with cash. The middle class does not have enough savings and or they're pursuing or enough desire to pursue a home to buy with cash. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. The way Americans are buying homes is changing. Um, It's funny because I'm putting together financing to buy another home and I'm I'm trying to go as much cash as possible. I'm I'm trying to go as low debt as possible uh, because I like to plan for worst case scenarios. Uh, most people don't, but I do. So what are your thoughts on what I've been throwing out there? I think people have a, a set budget on how much they want to spend every month. And if they have the, they, they kind of set that cash, if it's a hundred thousand dollars or $2 million, it's $2 million. And they, they want a $3,000 payment a month. So they get a $500,000 loan, 300, that's $3,000 a month approximately. And they put the rest down. So that's two and a half million dollars they can buy. So I think it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's what you can afford. You keep that monthly payment if, and, um, if you have the, the total amount, you know, and that $2 million buys what you need, you know, who knows? But, there, you know, the lower end is a little bit easier to explain. I mean, $100,000, I think a lot of people uh, around here um, may go, okay, well, I, I can get a $100,000 equity line like that. And uh, I have a cousin that lives in, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina, and he's talking about a hundred thousand dollar house over here. That da da da. Next thing you know, you're buying it in cash, and you have another real piece of real estate, and that hundred thousand dollars is making a rate of return of X dollar amount. Maybe it's ten percent a year, and you get some write offs, and you, you may build some equity, but it's um, you, you may go that hundred thousand dollars cost me only two hundred thousand to buy it, and I'm getting you know, it's like I think there's a lot of equity exchange going on right now, um, and it's starting to. Uh, hit these smaller towns, Rob, where you can you could easily say oh, you could pull out a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred two hundred thousand and buy a house free and clear somewhere else, um, and that's what's happening. Uh, we, we are becoming uh, on the lower end. I think it's a lot of investing, a lot of investors doing it. On the high end, I, I don't, I can't comprehend somebody buying a thirteen million dollar house in cash. That just doesn't resonate with me. So we live in one of the biggest areas, one of the biggest cities, multiple cities in the world. Um, and I think there's a trend going on that you, you either jump in and believe or you don't. And like I said in the first hour, you know, my, my drive on one is getting discouraging because I'm seeing nothing but hotels and, and single uh, apartments go up. Um, condos, kind of, a little bit, but more apartments than uh, single family homes. Single family homes dying in America, in my opinion. It's it's not going to happen immediately. It may appear that way, but in, in fact, the 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 average sized home has actually been increasing over the last twenty thirty years, and it still increases every year. In, in 
I mean, there's a piece of paper in front of you that says more bathrooms in houses. I mean, there's, there's, uh, homes are getting bigger, but we, we're, we're stuck in this, this area, this metropolitan statistical area. Sorry, it's hard to say. Uh, that has a bunch of cities and we're crammed in, you know, some mountains and you have to go farther out to find a single family house. So people have that mindset that, um, you, we are shrinking as far as home size here in the Bay area, but not the rest of the nation. I think, I think it, it, it won't happen in my lifetime, but right now, San Francisco, uh, single family homes make about 90% of the, the homes. And I, I think that number goes down and down and down and down, uh, from here, not up and up and up and up. The modern household no longer comprises dad and mom and two and a half kids and a dog. Uh, now we're saying we can't do a dog. We're slowly losing the well, two and a half kids. We, Millennials are living with mom and dad. This is my favorite client of the year. Okay. He owns a condo in San Francisco and it's done well. I mean, you know, he has a decent mortgage on it. He's payment. He's making him, his wife and him make pretty decent money, and, but they can't have family events. They can't do Christmas, Thanksgiving. They can't do birthday parties without cramming a bunch of people in there. Not only that, it's hard to get into the city. There's no parking and, and so on. So he went and bought a second home in Sacramento that has a four car garage he has a, it's a 2,400 square foot house. It's closer to his family. It's closer to all the hiking and biking and skiing and, and, and whatever else that he wants, fishing, whatever he, he wants to do. And that's kind of his base of operation. So I think, you, you know, the whole second home that, that getaway home is, is another angle that California's, they, they, they have their work house, San sure. Francisco or some part of the Bay Area. It doesn't have to be huge, but they can go somewhere else and buy a second home and possibly rent it out. And, you know, when they're not there, I'm 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 kind of borderline what I should and should not say about how to buy a second home, but it's an interesting idea about doing that. I think housing's changing. Yeah, and I think the way people think about housing is changing. Yeah, and I think the way millennials, who are the buyers, who should be the buyers, they would be if we were, if we believe that the single family home is the future, you would see it in the millennials, and right now you're not seeing it in the millennials. So. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find Tony Mendez at Bay Area Loan Source. sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Do it! Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. You want to hear creepy? Or do you want to hear kooky? I got them both. Netflix sent on a tweet. It said, to the 53 people who've watched A Christmas Prince every day for the past 18 days. Who hurt you? It was a snarky tweet. Um, Big Brother. As I get older, I don't understand like why we volunteer so much information to be followed and and watched. 
And am I ever in the privacy of my own home? Not anymore. Netflix produced and promoted the movie, and in being unapologetically cheery Hallmark Christmassy, they're saying, awesome job. On a level, though, they're also shaming their subscribers, even in jest, for watching a feel-good film. It's almost bullying. It's almost bullying when you say to the 53, congrats. It's just, we're not in touch with social media. Social media is not in touch with politically correct. Netflix, uh, Spotify made the same mistake last year. They had a campaign that outed a single user. They, they, they sent out, dear person who made a playlist called One Night Stand with Jeb Bush, like he's a Bond girl in a European casino. We have so many questions. Not cool to use information that you gather on your customers against them. People really need to become more cognizant of what data companies are collecting. Our Congress will figure it out 10 years too late. With that said, let's talk cryptocurrencies with CFP Chad Burton. The amount of Facebook posts that I see and live Facebook videos and Instagram ads of people that are getting into cryptocurrency, I will say it's here to stay. And I already said several shows ago that it could go to 20,000 before something really bad happens. We almost got there already. But people are getting sucked into it. They're investing in cryptocurrency before they've ever built a base of their portfolio, maxed out their 401k, even funded a Roth. And they're buying the stuff and they don't even know why. And I have a real issue with supporting the value of something that hackers and pedophiles and drug dealers use to hide money. I'm, I'm starting to have more and more of an issue with it. With that said, you have to separate blockchain from the cryptocurrency itself. And the other uses, especially Ethereum, that has other major uses out there. So um, I don't personally own it. Do I wish I would have owned it? Yeah. I mean, it's had just this huge, huge rally. And people talk about the tulip bulb things where tulip bulbs went through the moon and then you know everybody lost money on it. It's not the same thing. The same thing happened with the internet. Remember that? Look at all those companies that were created when the internet first really came around in the late 90s, mid to late 90s. And all these companies that were created and went to the moon with zero revenue. Anything .com IPO'd and went to the moon, but zero profits. So you you often have these these radical events of new technology of new something that changes everything and massive rallies and massive crashes. Cryptocurrencies have crashed a ton of times already since 2013. And most new things go through that type of a cycle. So it's never going to go away. I'm not sure how it's going to react here. Um, it's really right now, it's your speculation money. If you already have built a portfolio, you've got a you know 401k, you're, you're getting the match, you're doing a Roth IRA, and you've, you've created some money, and you're like, okay, I've got some speculation money. I've got the, it's the same money that I would take to Vegas if I was going on a trip, and I liked gambling. 
that's kind of where you're at now. It, and it's just, it's real. The technology is amazing with blockchain. It's going to revolutionize the financial and insurance industry, for example. But people are buying it and they don't know why or what it's for. And that's the scary part about it. It just like it disgusts me when I see the post of other people sucking other people in on Facebook and they don't even know why. Just, just saying, just watch me. I'm going to become rich because of this. That's when you get a little bit suspicious of it, right? Um, with that said, people have made millions on it already. And I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. As you can tell, I kind of am all over the place. I do want to talk about robots at some point, hopefully today, and robots taking our jobs. There's an amazing article, an amazing article at the New York Times. And, you know, ultimately, you may have to subscribe to get it, or maybe you can just find it. It's called, Will Robots Take Our Children's Jobs? And it's a good question. I've got two sons, and I'm obsessed with robots. I loved R2-D2 as a kid. But R2-D2 took a co-pilot's job away. I see what happens. Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Stephen Hawking, they're all freaking out right now about the rise of the invincible machines. Yes, robots have the potential to outsmart us and destroy the human race. But first, artificial intelligence could make countless professions obsolete, and, and, and we might want to die. If we don't have a job, what do we even have? Our government paying us? Universal income could happen. I have a dream of sending my kid off to college to become a doctor or a radiologist. Radiologists earn up to $500,000 a year. But that job's suddenly looking iffy as artificial intelligence gets better at reading scans. There's a startup called Arteris. To cite just one example, it already has a program that can perform a magnetic resonance image analysis of blood flow through the heart in just 15 seconds. That's 45 minutes for a human. You know, there's a, uh, a robot company that does the Da Vinci system that can do heart surgery better than a surgeon can. Software programs are already being used by companies like J.P. Morgan to scan legal papers and predict what documents are relevant, saving lots of billable hours from attorneys. There's other glamour jobs like airline pilots, what do you think is happening there? There's a robotic co-pilot that was developed by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, also known as DARPA, that flew and landed a simulated 737. Who would I rather have flying the plane, a robot or a human? Remember a couple years ago when a couple pilots show up drunk? I'm not paranoid about this. I'm not worried. One of the best things you could do might be a philosophy degree and a computer science degree. Two degrees. Because the robot's never going to have a heart. He's never going to have a soul. Are robots going to take our jobs? Uh-huh. What are we left with? Hopefully a heart and soul. A brain and some courage. Just know I wanted to. I can hear your hopes racing from here. Sitting next to this gun beats your heart in your mouth. Hold it for your knees, this is my body and soul. Falling, begging, pleading, you got the power if you're told. Don't pity, oh, 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 oh,
comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Um, let me do one quick thing. I'm writing a quick note to my TV producers. I'm really busy right now. That's right, Jack. <laughs> Sorry. It's interesting. You have deadlines that you have to work with. I'm very important. Uh, wait, wait. So let me explain how, how this works. So I do three stories every day on Cron, and then I do a viewer email. And the first story is going to be all about the tax, uh, about the markets at highs. Um, third, second story is all going to be about the tax plans. And the third story is going to be all about uh, Star Wars. Now, that seems pretty obvious, but in TV, you have to let everyone know everything you're going to do. It's very well, it's a well-crafted dance, is right the way of saying that. And in this case, the tax plan that I want to talk about is complicated. So, saying, you know, the markets are at record highs across the world today. And then I... You know, I'm like, what else can I add in there? There's five major acquisitions today. What else can I add in there? Uh, well, my second story is going to be all about the tax plan and the ramifications of how the tax plan is going to play out and what that means for you and me and the winners and losers of it all. So for me, I want to make the visual very simple for the audience. The winner, President Trump and his family in the tax plan. Big corporations, multimillionaires, private equity managers, private schools. Um... Liquor business, architects and engineers, tax accountants and lawyers, individual taxpayers, um, the elderly are losers, the low-income families are losers, owner of high-end homes are losers, people in high property tax, high-income states, uh, Puerto Rico, and the IRS. The IRS has been underfunded for so many years. Um, A lot of backstabbing in the news game. I mean, you have to watch your back. So um, you, I think in TV, it's a very visual thing. So if you start talking about who the winners are, President Trump, big corporations, multimillionaires, private equity managers, private schools, liquor business, architects and engineers, tax accountants, lawyers. Losers are people buying health insurance. Uh, when you start doing that, people get lost in the details. Now, the details to me aren't that difficult to throw out there when you see them. So President Trump is a big winner in the new tax plan. A lot of industries are going to benefit from the Republican tax overhaul. None more dramatically than people who have made money in commercial real estate. Mr. Trump, along with his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, who is part owner of his real estate firm, are going to benefit from lower taxes on so-called pass-through income, which is money earned by partnerships and other types of businesses, who income is passed through to its owner and taxed at individual tax rate. So big corporations cutting the tax rate from 35 to 21%. Um, a lot of multinational companies have accumulated nearly $3 trillion in offshore money as well, and they're going to be allowed to repatriate that at a lower tax 
rate. So as they bring that money home, it'll be taxed somewhere between 8 and 15.5%. That's far lower than 35% corporate rate tax now. Who else are winners? Multimillionaires. An exemption for states that owe what Republicans call the death tax was lifted to $22 million from $11 million. Now, that doesn't much matter to people like Charles Koch, who's a billionaire, but it means a big tax cut for people with estates worth tens of millions of dollars. Um, private equity managers. Donald Trump railed against wealthy investment managers who, thanks to the so-called carried interest loophole, pay taxes on the majority of their pay at a lower capital gains rate. Um, other winners, private schools. Parents would be eligible to use a you know, tax-preferred savings plan known as a 529 plan to save for their children's elementary and secondary education. Right now, those savings plans are only eligible for college, but they would be expanded to allow for up to $10,000 a year for private tuition <clears throat> and religious schools. Liquor business is going to be a big winner. Right now, excise taxes for small brewers and distillers are reduced in the final agreement. Again, we don't know if this all gets through. Those industries are dominated by the entrepreneurial small business um, that often are based in rural areas. Architects and engineers are going to do well. Um, how will they benefit from the new pass-through provision if they structure their business a certain way? Um, who else would win? Tax accountants and lawyers. Um, man, trying to... Steve Forbes once talked about a flat rate tax. And he said, we could eliminate the IRS. We could save the country billions of dollars by eliminating the IRS. Put a lot of accountants out of business too, right? My taxes are crazy. Trump once called it a dream to put the tax preparation services out of business by simplifying the tax code. And this is just going to make it worse. So tax preparers are sure to see a boom, a boom, a boom, boom, boom in business. Advising clients on how to restructure uh, their employment and compensation arrangements to take advantage of lower tax rates. Losers, um, people who buy health insurance in the tax plan. With the repeal of the individual mandate, some people who currently buy health insurance because they're required by law to do so, um, will go without it. Healthier people are more likely to drop their insurance, leaving insurers stuck with the people who are older and ailing. That makes the average insurance premium on the individual market go up by about 10%. Um, all told, it's expected about 13 million fewer Americans are projected to have health coverage. But, you know, these are all projections right now. Who else is a big loser in the tax plan? Um, individual taxpayers. Stay under the $1.5 trillion limit for new deficits uh, set by the lawmakers. They opted to make the cuts for individuals and families temporary, expiring at the end of 2025, even as the corporate tax cuts will be permanent. Republicans are counting on a future Congress to extend the lower rate, as has happened in the past. Because in 2025, um, tax rates will go back up, and you'll vote for the person maybe who say, will say, well, I'm not going to let them go back up. I'm going to keep them as they are. That's the thought. Uh, big loser in the new tax plan is the elderly, old people. Now, you're darn tooting old people. Like, uh, what are they going to do to them? Ha <laughs> ha, that's my buddy. So he uh, cleans the, the floors at KDOW. The elderly are going to be big losers. Um, a 2010 law requires that any legislation that adds to the federal deficit be paid by spending cuts increases in revenue or other offsets. Some of those cuts would be automatic. The biggest program to be affected is Medicare. The health insurance program for the elderly. Dozens of other programs are likely to be cut as well, but Medicare, which 
would face a 4% cut is by far the biggest. Um, now, Republicans say that rule will be waived and it'll have bipartisan support. But there's a lot of like, well, in 2025, the rule goes back. Oh, by the way, uh, there's going to be a mandatory 4% cut in uh, Medicare. But we as a group have to say that we're going to waive it. Look, this is a country that has too many people in it. This is a country that has too many elderly people on uh, government-assisted programs. This is a country that has too many poor people on government-assisted programs. And how do you pay for it all? Lowering taxes on corporations and individuals and hope that that spinning growth is enough of a tax spit-off to fund these programs still? No, because in the deal it says we're going to cut Medicare 4% unless we agree not to cut it. Does that even make sense? It's almost like the Patriots of the Steelers saying, we agree we're not going to really play football for 58 minutes, and then we're going to play the last two minutes like we really want to win. And we'll let, you, we'll let you win for the first 58 minutes if you let us win in the last two. Like, this tax plan makes no sense at times. Uh, other losers in the tax plan, low-income families. Um, low-income families who claim the earned income tax credit will lose out on $19 billion over the coming decade. A uh, new requirement that families claiming the child tax credit provide a social security number is projected to mean a big reduction in families claiming it. Since those who are not in the United States legally would be prohibited, even if their children were born in the United States. Owners of high-end homes would be affected. Um, under the current law, the interest on mortgages for first and second homes is deductible for the first million. The overhaul would cut that to the first 750000 and eliminate the owner's ability in the current law to deduct in the interest on home equity loans of up to 100000 This could drive down home prices in some high-end markets. Good for prospective buyers, but bad for prospective sellers. Who else would be hurt? If you're in a high-income state, homeowners in um, New York, New Jersey, California would be big losers. They particularly... Will have uh, you know they have high property taxes. Their ability to deduct their local property tax and state and local income taxes from their federal tax bills now capped at ten thousand. In some cases, that could be offset by lower tax rates on their income. The IRS is going to get hurt in this deal because they don't have the staff. They've been underfunded, and there's going to be a, a raft of new laws. Puerto Rico is looking to, for an exemption from some new taxes because they have a frail economy, and they get no forgiveness here. It's interesting trying to figure this out. It almost makes your head hurt, or maybe I just have a cold. I'm Rob Black, talking all things investing, financial, monies, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. That's Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I got a big new event coming up January 11th, 630 to 830 in Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. That's RADIO25. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Stop talk with 
Welcome in. Rob Black in your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Stock markets are hitting record highs around the world today. Global markets. Expectations that a U.S. tax bill could soon pass. Really more cautious reading the drafts, laws, prospects amongst currency traders put the dollar under pressure. So... What's good for growth may come out of the cost of debt. That cost of debt creates a situation of a weaker dollar. In the U.S., we have this wonderful gift, as every country does, of we need a billion dollars for roads. Should we just tax people and bring up the money? Or should we just print the money and let our kids worry about it in the future? And the U.S., sadly, we do the latter. It is what it is. I'm not going to get upset by it. I'm not going to, you know, freak out in any way, shape, or form. Star Wars, the new movie, came out this weekend and had a big effect for Disney. Um, once again, The Last Jedi. We knew it was coming. We knew it was going to be there. But it earned an estimated $220 million, second best domestic opening ever. Behind only The Force Awakens. I saw it. I liked it. Reviews mostly like it. I hear there's some d- debate among Star Wars fans of whether it was good or not, whether it was great or not, whether it was good enough, whether it was great enough. But the movie also did well internationally. And there's. Um, Let's just put it this way. There's a lot of people that look like a lot of different people from around the world in the movie. So Disney has kind of homogenized um, a lot of the way they approach movies because they don't want to flop. Uh, More and more as they take chances and they sometimes don't work out, they're like, well, we can only really produce 36 films a year or whatever it is going to be, depending on how many studios are left standing in the end. They're going to say, let's go the safest route, and let's do a Fast and Furious where we have people of every color in the movie. Let's do a, a Disney film where you know we represent different countries. <clears throat> You're going to see that again and again and again. So The Force Awakens, $247 million. I would imagine that Star Wars Last Jedi could have done closer to that had they not done a two-and-a-half-hour movie, had they just made it 90 or 100 minutes. But it was a long movie. As Disney had hoped, the performance of The Last Jedi is by far the best of any movie at the box office in 2017. Beating out, that's right, their own movie this year, Beauty and the Beast. And it really only trails to The Force Awakens and all-time records. So, um, how much will it eventually get? It it won't catch um, The Force Awakens. It's not possible because it's too long of a film. The movie took an estimated $45 in uh, previews. Um... I'm not going to go on this. Next week, they have no competition. The only movie that's really major competition next week is Pitch Perfect 3. And I guess that's a chick flick, or maybe The Last Jedi is a dude flick. I don't know. So, um, But The Last Jedi did pull in $230 million internationally. $450 million. And Disney stock is up way, 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 way. Nope. Disney stock is up nothing. One of those situations where, yeah, I guess you, you knew that was going to happen. It was built in. Hershey's getting skinny. Don't eat that Hershey bar. It'll make you fat. Hershey bar. 
Hershey said today that they've reached a deal to acquire the maker of Skinny Pop Popcorn, Tyrell Chips, and other snack brands. Hershey's going to pay $920 million to buy Amplify snack brands. Uh, the acquisition of Amplify and its products portfolio is an important step in the journey to becoming an innovative snacking powerhouse. Um, and it gives them some scale in a key sub-segment of the warehouse snack aisle. A lot of consumers are trending towards more natural foods and ingredients, prompting packaged food companies like Hershey to panic and to pivot. I think that's an interesting story of the day, in my opinion. January effect. We look at it as what's happening at the end of the year. January effect used to be a reliable way for traders to turn a quick buck because a lot of 401k money reset, a lot of budget flush resets at the end of the year, at the beginning of the year. It's a tendency of stocks, the smallest companies to outperform those of the largest firms over the last part of the December and the first part of January. Traders over the years have used different dates for entering and exiting. A lot of smaller investors like smaller companies. They think that they represent sexier opportunities. The track record of a hedging strategy you know, for this three-week of period of time where a lot of people take two to three weeks off. Um... It was a strategy that didn't always work in the 1980s and early 1990s. It did more often than it not, but it didn't always work. So I have to always throw that out there. Like, don't look for too good to be true. The late Harry Brown, the former investment newsletter editor and one-time Libertarian Party candidate, constantly reminded us that almost nothing turns out as expected. Investment advisors with records of phenomenal success fail to deliver when your money's on the line. So your New Year's resolution is to be should be to do something along the lines of don't try to look for an easy home run in a scheme, in my opinion. So the Trump tax plan seems to be, looks like it's going to pass by the end of the week, uh, pre-Christmas. And oh my gosh, seven days until Christmas. Have you got your buying and selling done yet? So you still have plenty of time, but it's out there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Find me online at 800-516-1220 to call, or find me online at robblackshow.com. But you were silent with your heart and affections. Tell me, girl, what's a boy supposed to do? General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.